Welcome to the Alien Probe Podcast. In July of 2019, a truly bizarre series of events unfolded around California's Channel Islands. Over a number of days, groups of unidentified aircraft, which the Navy simply refers to as drones or UAVs, pursued that service's vessels, prompting a high level of investigation. During the evening encounters, as many as six aircraft were reported swarming around the ships at once. The drones were described as flying for prolonged periods in low visibility conditions and performing brazen maneuvers over the Navy warships near a sensitive military training range less than 100 miles off Los Angeles. Joining me today is Dr. Bill. Hi, Bill. You there? Hey. What's going on? How's the weather there in, in Florida? Uh, it's getting hot. Is it? It was 88 degrees yesterday. It's probably going to be hotter today. Yeah. You need a pool. And, uh, what's that? You need a pool. You put a pool no, in. I don't want a pool. Uh, nobody, well, until this last year, nobody, everybody had pools, but nobody used them. You saw that. How come? They got those, well, they have those mosquito shields around them, don't they? So, you know, the bugs don't well, get yeah, in. but people, you see it where you are. People buy a house and they buy a pool and then, um, you know, they have a pool party and they run the, the, the heater on the pool and then they stop having pool parties when they get their bill for the heater. Yeah, but you don't, we don't need, you don't need to work your, you wouldn't even need a heater there. It was, well, you don't need it here. You don't need it for um, the people like them. So we just had, um. We have a solar water heater that just the tank went out. So the solar water guy, he doesn't really do water heaters anymore, but he's, uh, you know, he put ours in. So he, he said he, he put in a new tank. He, um, he's been doing this last year is like with, with, uh, it's been fantastic for him because nobody really used their pools. Now everyone has to stay home and they want their solar water heater systems working. Yep. Yep. It's been, so he's pool, been pools have been huge. Pools have been huge here this year or last year with the COVID thing. Yeah, this guy, this guy, I was surprised because he's got a, a brand new truck. He's got another person working with him that will take over the business in a few years. But yeah, he's doing great. So, uh, so, so last year, the way I kind of rolled, we're going to kind of look at it chronologically, I guess. Last, uh, a filmmaker, Dave Beatty, it looks like, uncovered some details about the events. It, um, centering around the uh, I don't know, our Burke class destroyer USS Kid. Um, the initial tense encounter culminated in the deployment of onboard intelligence teams, right? Well, yeah, did you see that? The, the onboard, they call them Snoopy teams? Well, the Snoopy team, we'll get to that. This, um, they, the where it started, though, is uh, it they were uh, on the night on the first night july 14th of 2019 it appeared the uh the incidents began with uav sighting by the kid around 10 o'clock and uh the deck well, logs good we should say these are truck or drones right yeah they're drones for people yeah. deck logs like the one below well you can't people can't see this but uh they provided information on the course and speed of the ship Additionally, they record the relevant information about unusual events or changes in the ship's behavior. So, um, to your point, 
two drones typically described as UAVs or unmanned aerial vehicles uh, were spotted by the kid, right? The ship's not... So, uh, the ship's nautical... The ship's nautical or otherwise photographic interpretation and exploitation team, you as you referred to, the, the Snoopy team. Snoopy. See, so Which Snoopy... Using consumer-grade cameras, that's our high-tech military. Yeah, they can't get them anything better than that. They might lose them or they'll fall in the water or whatever. But they're, they're like ants all over the ship. I guess they're like ants. Or they deploy them on one of the deck logs I saw that they deployed the Snoopy team on starboard. They tell them where to go to where the thing is. And um, I'm still waiting for the video of all this. I mean, with, you know... Um, there has been no video that came out, even with you know the Freedom of Information Act um, release of you know information of all sorts of things to the public. I haven't seen any, but um, the Aegis uh, equipped ship, like the Kid, has some of the most sophisticated sensors on Earth. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah and you're you're lovely, but yet the consumer grade cameras. A kind of nimble spot of the re recording team. Um, so well, yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, I, I should talk about how uh, I got. Um, well, we we got on this topic. Uh, I was reading an article, and I mentioned it last week in that um, old true annual, which was for. Um, they came out. They came out with this true magazine in 1966, which. Hang on, let me pull the cover here. Uh, it was True Report on Flying Saucers from 1966. True Flying Saucers Report number one. And there's an article in there by uh, Jacques Vallée, which uh, takes excerpts from his novel, or his novel, his uh, book, which is uh, UFOs in Space, Anatomy of a Phenomenon, which I have a paperback here. Uh, it was published 1965. Yeah, so they took an excerpt from his uh, this book and put it in this magazine. And I was reading it in this magazine. Jacques Jacques Vallée. So the, to give a little more background from Jacques Vallée, I just rewatched Close Encounters of the Third Kind with Richard Dreyfuss, and it's a Spielberg movie. How many times? Seen, how many times have you seen that, Bill? How many times have you seen that movie? you think what's that how many times do you think you've watched that movie i think i've seen it like 15 times probably you know because it was big uh, i've seen it at least three times and um so i just rewatched. i haven't seen it for probably um god a long time it came out in 1977 i didn't realize it was that old i haven't seen it at least for 10 years yeah i haven't and seen it for this, a long uh, time either yeah I, I thought I had it because I do have DVDs. I was looking for it. I ended up I had to uh, get it online to watch it. You don't have the VHS, but you have a VHS version. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. I thought about it. I, I was surprised I didn't have a DVD. I looked around for it. It was, it was one of those movies. I'm like, well, I'm sure, I have this movie, but it's probably one of those things that you get to the you know kids and then they goes over to somebody else's house or something. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Anyway, so he had a, um, 
I think it was the articles, a new look at saucer mysteries. Yeah, this is it. But he breaks down the UFOs to different categories. It's sort of getting off topic a little bit. He breaks them down into different categories. And coming back to the movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, there's a French guy. You know the French guy that's all through it? He's at the yeah. end. And he's yeah. sort of like running the whole program. He was there at the end yeah. when they finally, every, all the people came yeah. back out. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, you know, he's interrogating uh, Richard Dreyfuss and, and the lady, and uh, he's at the, he's like, I guess he's the main expert for the military or whatever that's running this, this program for the encounter. That character is based on Jacques Vallée, which is why he's French. And Jacques Vallée had broken down sightings, at least in that book, into different categories. And when I was reading this article, uh, let me see. Now, now I'll ask the same question I asked about Kehoe. Did he actually ever see a UFO? Do we know? No, no, Kehoe never saw. So oh, I don't know Kehoe, but what about Jock? Did he, did he ever see? Actually I'm see not one? sure. I, I have to look more into it. The Wikipedia article on him says that he saw a UFO in 1955 when he was a kid. Well, that'll get you. And that's why he got into it because he saw a UFO, and that's that's why he became you know. Uh, obsessed with it and, and investigating it and all this other stuff. So I put a, I would put a question mark as to whether or not uh, Jacques Vallée saw one because this article doesn't say he said one, but he saw one. But the uh, Wikipedia article says he doesn't. Once they get into the book and, and they find that out, but he breaks these these UFOs down to different categories. And I should add, he also apparently in this book, he broke it down. So close encounters of the third kind, that's his um, terminology for UFO encounter. Jacques Lee came up with that terminology. Oh, well. But he also has, in this, this thing, he has the first step towards a really scientific analysis of UFO phenomena is proper classification. So he breaks it down into different classifications. And uh, I'm not going to read them all, but I'll just go to number two. He says, number two, they appear as huge cylindrical forms, often vertical, surrounded by cloud-like formations, which you saw in the movie, or generating secondary objects. And when I read that, I remembered this, um, these uh, drone mystery articles that I read last year at the war zone. And then that comes into the uh, uh, the uh, ship being um, swarmed by drones. Yeah, so when we from, when we say drones, we think of like quadrocopters or I mean these things are like the Tic Tac thing, aren't they? They're like. Well, I don't know. They they're not giving it. They're not. They haven't given good descriptions of these. They're calling them UAVs. And when we talk about the uh, Colorado mystery drones. It gets even better. No, but really. This was this yeah. the article on the uh, the destroyer being swarmed just came out. It came out on the twenty third. Today is the twenty sixth, twenty seventh. Yeah. Twenty seventh. So after the and, kid, um, go ahead. But the event, but the event at the destroyers was before the events that happened in Colorado. Oh, okay. So the. Shall we get back on to the? Yeah, yeah. Let's okay. Go uh, less than the, ten minutes after the sighting, the kid advised the USS Rafael Peralta of the situation. Another 
um, I don't know if it's a guided missile destroyer or a, um, which kind of ship it is. It doesn't say. The, the Peralta logs show that around 10 p.m. it activated its own Snoopy team. They also show the reports of additional sightings were coming from the USS John Finn. And you can see the deck logs here of the um, of the sightings and the deployment of the Snoopy team and whatnot. And um, the Finn simply reported that the UAV activity and, and deactivation of the ship's um, AIS transponder system. So, you know, it's, go ahead. Yeah, the AIS is the automatic identification system that's used for shipping. Right. Uh, and the destroy, once they entered into a conflict or a potential conflict, they uh, shut off their AIS systems. Because uh, it's used, used to uh, track ships. But well, were, ships uh, and uh, aircraft, it'll do, it does everything since the uh, Vincennes incident back in 90. You remember the, uh -huh. uh, where we uh, shot, accidentally shot down an Iranian passenger jet? So now they're more. Oh, yeah. You you will you may ask, um, why we didn't just shoot them, and um, we you know obviously I have a we have a person that is in the know and he says that um, since the Vincennes incident they don't just shoot stuff they're like uh, and it's actually legal for you to. And operate a drone and do this type of thing. In, I mean, I'm sure they would arrest you, but they say it's they say it's legal, but I think they would probably do something to you if you did this. But they can't, you know, as we go along, okay, you're right, they deactivated the AIS system. I don't know if the AIS system automatically engages a, um, you know, engages something automatically you know so well, that way I, I think it i think basically i think it's like with the air traffic controller system except for for uh, boats right it sends out a signal and says basically says i am here so other ships it will show up as an identification on the other ship's radar or whatever systems their gps systems and just says it's just to warn other ships that there's a ship in the area. I don't think you need radar. I think it'll work through a GPS type system. Right. And uh, your uh, your contact, your Navy contact, will uh, will actually uh, could probably will definitely be able to explain it to you better. I don't I don't know these systems. The um. Uh, well, yeah, and we'll we'll revisit AIS in a minute. But the Peralta described a white light hovering over the ship's flight deck. And these things with yeah. lights on them, I'm yeah. always suspect if they got lights on. What do they have? Unless they've got some, they need, unless they're trying to illuminate something, you know. Um, but the log reflects. Well, they also spotted, go ahead. They also spotted a red flashing light. Yeah. Well, what's interesting. What, what is, what's that? It's interesting. It managed to match the destroyer's speed at 16 knots in a hovering position over yeah. the helicopter's landing pad. Yeah. And it was a hundred miles offshore. Yeah. So, uh, you know, where the encounter lasted like 90 minutes and that's, you know, no drone I've ever, you know, of course I don't have that much involvement, but they don't last 90 minutes. Um, that's a, that's a long flying time. 
yeah, it's longer than any drone that you or I could buy will last. It was uh, also it was also under low visibility conditions of less than a nautical mile in the night. Yeah. So, you know, so there was... Also, what I liked on this... What? Go ahead. What I liked on this was that multi, the USS Kent at 920 says there's multiple UAVs around the ship, and then they, uh, they manned the Mark 87 stations, which you said was the... Um, yeah, we've... I, yeah. I what I understand it's a chain gun. Well, the, in this okay. application, a Mark eighty seven can it means a few different things. I'm told, uh, but in this case, it appears that it's a, a chain. They would and they say manned the chain gun. I I don't think they man them as I understand. They don't man. They used to man them. Now it's it's tied into the somehow tied in. I believe to the possibly to the. Okay. Other they're system. Auto defense. They're auto defense for like missiles and things. Yeah. So they just throw a switch and it's supposed to target automatically. So they were back. Well, when they intentionally they activated their automatic defense systems. Right, but they didn't do anything. And you know, to me, it's like, well, let's fucking just shoot them. <laughs> they're harassing a you know a government warship. You know, it's an attack of sorts. But yet, since the well, Vincennes, yeah, they don't. They in the possibility. They're all, they're too small to be manned to buy anything that uh, that we consider manned. I mean, it could be like a very small. Well, well what's probably interesting not, is though. when you go back and you look at some of these, and I'm just referring to the uh, the reports from flying saucers from outer space. Everybody that spots these drones, they they show these different lights of different colors. There's times where there's a bigger one, and then there's small ones around the bigger one and everybody looks at them and they go it, i think it was 100 feet so that seems to be like the generic answer and i think what it is is when you're looking at something if you don't have a ray, ray a frame of reference you don't know how big it is so I, in the 50s when they were seeing these things they're looking at them and they were they were correlating their size with an airplane so when you look up when we look up we see a cessna flying flying across, we know how big the Cessna is, and you can guess roughly how far away it is, because we already know how big it is, or we see a jetliner flying over, um, we know how far away it is roughly, because we know how big these, these aircraft are, but I think this is also true with these drones, that everyone's looking at these these drones, which fit these the description of exactly of the, descript, the description of um, UFOs in the 50s, and now everybody's saying uh, the big drone is uh, 10 feet and the little drones are 2 feet, but nobody knows how far away they are. Uh, the ships, these ships probably know how far away they are, but they haven't provided any information on this other than the, uh, um, these logs, the ship's logs, right. cruising logs. Um, yeah. Well, apparently here, I'm looking at the, the article here, and it says, despite nearly three-hour duration of the, the event, none of the warships involved appear to have been able to identify the drone. So this went on for three hours, not just 90 minutes. Well, one hovered over the helicopter pad. Were they not, can they not figure out how big the thing was based on that? I mean, yeah, yeah, they would have a good idea how big it is at that. So, well, like I said, um, I mean, they haven't provided any uh, film. They, they have their Snoopy, Snoopy teams running around, 
filming it on their um, their cameras and stuff. They haven't released any of this film. Yeah. Which well, that would be interesting to see. It's interesting. So they're trying to figure out where these things came from, and the investigation was focused somewhat on the, the says the ORV um, Alguita, a 50-foot catamaran. And, um, you know, the Alguita, uh, as you have seen, it's... Um, It, is, it was a focus of the investigation. They had drones on board, but, you know, the drones really, you know, they were just commercial-type drones, so they um, they weren't able to do yeah, anything they said like this. That, they said that they, they were small and they, they didn't go far from the ship. Right. And I, I'm sure the drones they have could not run for three hours. Yeah. No. I mean, when I was looking at this, the, the only, and somebody mentioned that in the comments for the article too, the um, only explanation is that it came from another ship in the area. There was a freighter in the way, or it came from a submarine. Yeah, well, I didn't, and the, uh, yeah. The operation parameters for these drones is, is highly advanced. So we're not talking about, this isn't like, these are higher than, more, more effective than, uh, the best commercial grade drones out there. Well, you know, probably Chinese sub, uh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the Chinese stuff that we get is excellent. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Um, the 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 catamaran Alguita was off the you know cruising around by San Clemente Island, but I think we've discounted them as being anything. You know, well, we have. I don't know if they have. Well, they have. They said that the investigators conceded that they needed to keep looking. The Alita was a poor fit, uh, but it was a primary system. So they were still, you know, it says they're grappling with the determined, grappling with determining the intent behind the incidents. Well, yeah, I agree with you. They should have, they should have just shot one down. <laughs> Let's see what happens. It's a, it's unmanned. Yeah, the FOIA disclosures now. Now we know it happened again on July 15th. This time the Peralta was the first to spot the objects. And um, the kid also was to spot at 9 p.m. The kid also just again spotted the drones and again deployed its Snoopy team. Um, yeah, this is the second, second. Yeah, two, two, different, two different events, right. two different nights. The second night, yeah. yeah. Okay. 9.20, the kid logged multiple UAVs around the ship. 17 minutes later, the command was issued to man, I think it's the Mark 87 stage. I, I don't know how old these, maybe they haven't been fitted with any automated Mark 87, but maybe they do man them. And, but anyway, the... Uh, well, they don't man them. They just they got they, the uh, someone in terms of switch to turn it on. Yeah, they, they have another switch yeah, to fire. They say man it, but I think they just like touch the screen. They don't want to activate the killing, the chain gun that could cut anything in half. Yeah. <laughs> killing, the, killing the robot. The murder bots. Yeah, they say it. Um, referring to the Mark 87's electro-optical director that is the component of the massive infrared and optical turret known as the Mark 20 electro-optical sighting system, the EOSS located above the bridge and it was originally uh, go ahead 
they should have generated, they generated a lot of data from this because I think those guns will record their inputs and the, uh, they have film, they have photographs, they have radar inputs, they have infrared inputs. Yeah, that's... So they have a lot of data on this stuff. Yeah, it looks like the Mark 20, the EOSS system is, it was originally uh, helped to direct the chip's five inch gun, but provide surveillance and tracking over long distances. So this thing, they've got, you're right, they do have a lot of data on this. I don't know why, well, they, they know more than we're going to probably ever find out. Well, I think releasing the data would also sort of show the vulnerabilities of the equipment. So if you come out with a report and say, yeah, we were swarmed with um, a bunch of drones, and this is what our crappy data looks like, it, it will reveal... You know, strengths or weaknesses in the, uh, the equipment and uh, it, all that stuff is this tracking equipment, those sensors, and all that stuff are highly classified. Right. Of course. Of course. So then the USS Russell so then, Russell reports a flurry yeah, right, of activity right. and it's got like every five minutes, this guy, whoever did some speed writing here, it's like um, 915, 926, 928, <laughs> 938, 940, 942. You got to be writing fast. Uh, the drone spotted. Um, 1,000 feet elevation, 900 feet elevation, 700 feet elevation. So this, whoever was doing this tech log was writing like crazy. Um, oh, yeah. It's interesting that they still use, you know, pen and paper for this. Um, the Rafael Peralta received a radio call from a passing cruise ship, the Carnival Imagination, notified them, the drones aren't ours. <laughs> don't shoot. Yeah, don't fire. <laughs> and they had seen as many as five or six drones maneuvering nearby. Then they made a deck log of the, of the uh, radio call from the Carnival ship. Yeah, it's just crazy. And then the... Uh, it continued into the night that Peralta first recording two UAVs and four UAVs nearing their ship. And then midnight, the USS Ross. I mean, these things are just harassing all these ships. They're just buzzing yeah. around. Yeah, I mean, this, what is this? This is, uh, this is crazy stuff. I mean, this time it's a three-hour event. Um, none of the warships were involved were able to identify the, the drones. Um, the contrast to the first night, the second set of encounters occurred closer to shore because they had maneuvered. They're just on maneuvers out there, you know, and so yeah. they just got close. They just got closer to this. I don't know if this is going on. I'm like, I don't know if we want to get closer, you know, to the U.S. You know, let's kind of drag these. If this has got to happen, maybe we should move farther out into sea and, uh, you know, yeah. let's see how long these things can stay with us. Um but uh, it's it, it just so so there was a there was obviously an official investigation now, and it went way up the chain. I mean, um, it launched a formal investigation on July 18th. The Navy liaison to the Coast Guard began requesting updates for information on the vessels involved, citing higher level visibility. So. Um, and there's uh, they're requesting via email updates on the information. And then we got the special agent with Naval Criminal Investigation of the NCIS assigned to Third Fleet. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these things are just, 
I mean, they're they're sending it up the chain pretty quickly. I mean, it's July, you know, July eighteenth. Um, the names are redacted. They just give their their uh, what their rank is. You know, we've got yeah command lieutenant commanders and commanders and as you go through each email it gets a little bit higher up <laughs> well no this one's kind of the same it got kicked up uh but the la uh fbi was included eventually and preliminary preliminary in, uh, information indicated that the uh alguida did have yeah we talked about the, their growth thrones on board yeah, yeah. Yeah. um there's a lot of focus again on them, but they, you know, they're contacting the Alguida and the Alguida's going, not, nah, nothing we have. Um, but I don't know why are they cruising around the, you know, the, you know, that military island. I mean, I, I thought they shouldn't even be over there, but whatever. Um, well, anybody can go, anybody can go around those yeah. islands. So, uh, yeah. Um, what really struck me with this is if this had been happening in the 1960s, yeah, yeah they'd have blown them up. It would be everyone would be saying it's UFOs. Yeah. Uh, and when we talk about the Colorado mystery, there's a uh, the drones that were flying around in Colorado. Somebody actually called the sheriff, and the sheriff ignored the call because it's like, oh, it's just a UFO call. That's apparently that is policy with the sheriff's department, at least that sheriff's department. That if someone calls in reporting a UFO, they just ignore the call. So, because there's so many UFOs, or because there's so many drunks? I, I, I don't know. I think it's just they just write it off as being a, a crazy person. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, th I thought we were getting beyond that now, where we're going, yeah, it's some, but what are they going to do, you know? You're deploying a police officer to investigate a UFO sighting. I mean, that's a little, you know, it's, yeah, what are you going to do? Used to, well, some, um, yeah, I've seen something strange. You call them up and say, I've seen something strange. You know, they, they should send a, uh, it could be a plane having problems or anything like that. They should send someone out to take a look. Well, I it could guess. be a car. You, you sent me a helicopter. You sent me problems. something. A lot of you sent me something. Blue Book's not dead. Did you send me something about that project? Blue yeah, Books? I sent an article. I mean, um, I didn't. Um, you know, I've, um, yeah, I'm trying to open everything, but so, I just remembered. It was in the New York Times, July twenty third, twenty twenty. No longer in the shadows. Pentagon's UFO unit will make some findings public. Well, is it and still active, or are they going to... ...that it disbanded a once-covert co program to investigate unidentified flying objects. The effort remains underway. Wow. Renamed and tucked inside the Office of Naval Intelligence. If, if you're out there, Blue Book, I'm, I'm able to re-up and, uh, well, not re-up, but get back into the yeah, service. Sign, up, and, uh, sign me up. And I'll, I'll be happy to join. Actually, I... I'm ready to retire. I could probably do it for free, you know. So I'd be a, you know, that'd be a bonus for him. You, you, you need to buy a suit. Yeah, I could probably write it off though for business. Yeah, buy a suit or coveralls. A black or suit or black and sunglasses. Suit. Am I gonna have to have that hat too? That weird hat they wear. 
Yeah, they're wearing that hat the, from, uh, from 1930s. <laughs> they have uh, so with the Navy Navy warships, they had uh, let's see, they have final thoughts would be um, why would anyone operate drones near maybe maybe a wavy wavy warship in such a brazen manner? Uh, long duration distances, speeds excess of 45 miles an hour traverse at least 100 nautical miles they're assuming that the, the drones were launched from la and not from a ship or an island up out off the coast right uh catch and they were able to locate and catch a destroyer traveling at 16 knots in conditions with less than one nautical mile of visibility yeah anything operator have coordinated at least five to six drones simultaneously Significant security breaches and obviously very, uh, very advanced drone technology. Yeah, and this is just. Uh, and then these teams were a small part of the sophisticated suite of surveillance capabilities and advanced sensors, including the ability to detect radio emissions. You know, these warships have jammers on them. They should have been able to, to. I don't understand why they just didn't flip on while they were screwed up. Um, radio communications and off the coast, but they also had the ability to uh, to jam uh, jam frequencies and stuff. Ability to detect radio emissions in the vessel's vicinity. Um, so they, like we were saying before, they they have a ton of data from this, and they haven't released any. They've released barely any of it, but it would be interesting to to know what the, what their equipment show but the problem is as i said before they show by releasing this information it shows the limitations and the abilities of the equipment that's the, that's a problem what you know so you want to talk about colorado stuff yeah but real quick we'll stay on this for a minute keep that in mind though um but that happened so that happened in um, 19 july of 2019 and then yeah. in uh, the winter of 2019 a bunch of uh, drones were seen over Colorado, and uh, they there was a little bit of a concern because they were they were within like 60 miles, 30 miles, probably 30 miles of Minuteman uh, missile bases, which is a lot of them out there. And they said uh, they were unidentified drones. Uh, the serious drone reports were taken by the 90th Security Forces of Public Air Force. Public Affairs Office at F.E. Warren Air Force Base. Uh, it was uh, December 2019. Bizarre story of fleets, fleets of unidentified drones operating in the airspace above northern, northeastern Colorado and western Nebraska. Scores of reports and the creation of the task force. This task force had everybody and their brother in it. Had the FBI. Uh, there's a little list later on. So. What else? Well, this yeah. is the one we said uh, that, don't know the origins, what's that it was reported to the sheriff and he didn't do anything, but at what point did it get elevated? That, to... that was one of, yeah, one of the sheriffs was running around looking at it, but there's another in another town or something that they, the sheriff just ignored it. Wow. We um, said uh, the air base out there says it's not them. They don't know the origin. Air Force Office of Special Investigations got involved. The uh, 
had a closed door task force meeting held on January 6, 2020, which apparently had a ton of these groups in it. So it's, oh, and then they had the uh, space potatoes. Yeah, I saw um, that. Yeah, yeah, which were not dropped by the drones. But, they, but this is interesting. This is what really what I remember from reading this article last year. And um, reading the Jacques Vallée, here's a line in this, this article. Sheriff's deputies are responding and seeing the drones as well. The, they reported seeing a mothership, six foot in diameter, flanked by ten smaller drones, some fixed wing, some not. And this is exactly a uh, 1950s, 1960s uh, UFO sighting. And in 1950s and 1960s, they, we didn't have this drone technology. Did they, so was, did they describe was, what the, did they describe yeah, what the drones looked like? I mean, were they the Tic Tac style, or were they like flying saucers? Or uh, I don't. It's really vague. And there was one sheriff's deputy that had uh, he had uh, night vision goggles he put on. Right. And also, the weather conditions when they were when these were happening, it was the skies were clear, but it was real windy. It's not optimal drone weather. I thought that was interesting. Well, one of the sheriff's deputy had uh, night vision goggles, and he was looking at it, and he thought he could see wings, and he said it had like a 10-foot 10, 10 wingspan at his guess. But you, you, you've used night vision. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, it's not – I don't know, what, I don't know it, what the quality of his night vision goggles are, but you get that – you get a lot of sort of flaring. And yeah, stuff. some wearing aura. It's like aura. I could describe like aura yeah. around the bright, the lighted Lots part of, of things that you see. Yeah, and the things were, the, again, with the lights, you know, the other sighting uh, reported flashing or steady white, red, or green lights and flashing blue lights. I mean, this yeah, smells. Just like, just like in the 50s and 60s when yeah. they report these things. Yeah, I mean, they're just not, yeah, I don't know. It's just lights on spaceships and stuff. I don't really, why do they need lights? Because they don't run into each other or, you know, are they trying to attract attention to them? It doesn't make any. I don't know. It doesn't make really. I don't know. This is. Um, what uh, also getting a kick out of this is that the level of uh, government interest in this is similar to what we saw with the uh, UFO sightings, at least in the fifties. Right. So, so from this article, and we should say this is from the War Zone, and internal Air Force emails show confusion and concern over Colorado's mystery drones, and the article's from February twenty fourth, twenty twenty. Says the claims that the drone sightings were merely a mass delusion clearly seemed to not be the case given the response by the officials at Warren Air Force Base and reports they cite. The sightings were taken seriously enough that military institutions and federal agencies such as NORAD, US NORCOM, MAGCOM, IFOSI, FBI, DHS, and USS, USAF, Strategic Deterrence and Nuclear Integrity. Integration Directorate and the FAA were involved in the investigating the sightings. It's like everybody was jumping in on this to, to investigate it. Yeah. It's interesting because they discovered nothing. So here you have something similar to what's happening with the um, the warships off the coast, but this is happening in um, far inland. Uh, they're not saying they're not mistaken identity, public paranoia. 
We're not saying it's eyewitness misidentification objects due to confirmation bias. That's, that's that. So then the last article, which is uh, newly released FAA documents give unprecedented look into Colorado dorm swarm drone swarm mystery, July 15, 2020. Um, the drones were seen in Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas. FAA, which is leading task force to solve the drone mystery. Not only is the confusion with the agency made clear, um, allude to a unique arrangement in which a large drone seems to have been accompanied by a fleet of smaller ones. This is this is the Type 2, this is Jacques Vallée's Type 2A drones, uh, Type 2A type two UFOs. Oh, um, and this, this yeah. says it's... Um was during Colorado. It's a large drone described five to six feet in diameter with a cylindrical shape and a red front. That's well, I, I got a kick out of the cylindrical shape because Jacques Vallée says um, uh, they appear as huge cylindrical forms, often vertical, surrounded by cloud-like formations. So instead of saying saucer, you say cylinder, and uh, then people will think you're crazy. Yeah, you change it to Tic Tac, giant Tic Tac, makes it better. Yeah. You know, I guess there was a Nebraska uh, sighting as well, too. Oh, you see that further down? Yeah, yeah. And this is, this. Uh, I've been, uh, what did they say? This is, this is, this is once, once the aerial activity stops, it appeared both federal and state agencies quickly dropped the matter. And a lot of the stuff, this everything that I'm reading here is like mirrors the stuff that I've been reading from the 50s. Uh, detailed description of unusual formations of unmanned aerial devices were reported by law enforcement officers and other credible witnesses. 16 counties in Colorado and Nebraska. Each agency contacted advised at least one deputy has witnessed the activity. Uh, flying in a grid-type pattern for several hours at a time in less than optimum flying conditions, high winds and storm-like conditions, which also fits uh, Jacques Vallée's things. Uh, his criteria, which says uh, surrounded by cloud-like formations, type 2. So these, are, these definitely fall into the type 2 category from Jacques Vallée. Reported operating two to 16, six feet. Well, the sizes are interesting because they're saying they, they, they range from two to 16 and they appear to be approximately six feet width and length. And I think that's sort of visual bias because people, if this was in the 50s, people would be seeing these sheriff's deputies would be seeing these objects and they would say, oh, I think it's this far away and it's 100 feet or 50 feet long, 50 feet wide. But now everyone knows about drones. And we're used to seeing drones, so when they see these objects, they're going, oh, it's six feet, um, and it's two to three hundred feet away. But you don't know how far it is, you have no reference to it. But they also say that they can't hear any sound. Drones are really noisy. Yeah. I went online to YouTube because I'm like, I thought drones were really noisy. And all the drone, most of the drone videos that you see on YouTube, uh, they, they, they don't have any sound of the drone. Right. But there were a few. Videos on YouTube of people recording the sounds 
from the drones. And some of these drones, um, just the the little ones that people can buy, can do 75 decibels. These things are pretty loud. Yeah. 95 decibels will cause hearing hearing problems. Hearing can damage your hearing. So it's between 45 and 75 decibels for a um, drone that most people can pick up. So if these things were bigger than that, they must have been cranking out some sound too, and they didn't hear any sound. Yeah, well, they weren't uh, they weren't drones with. They're obviously some other technology. I mean, are they from here? Are they extraterrestrial origin? Is well, one of the things you can definitely say is they are advanced technology. And this was this was the the um, this is one of the issues is that somebody it could be a company could be you know whatever could be you know could be genuine uh, genuine UFOs um, but whatever it is it's uh, it's advanced technology uh, that's confusing the hell out of people. Well, it it, pro anyway, it could so it could be us, drone, you know. Drones, um, big drone that may be stationary in the area. There are probably reports of a larger drone potentially landing and taking back off from an airport. Uh, they said it was cylindrical. Anyway, so let's. Uh, so we're seeing drones which fit the descriptions of UFOs from the 1950s. Uh, were the 50s saw? I mean, we're all assuming it's saucers. Were they? I mean, Jock, did well, he describe them? Is there any particular an shape? Uh, look at an airplane. If you yeah. look at an airplane, an airplane is a cylinder with yeah. um, with a pointy end. The ends are pointy. Yeah. If you look at a saucer, a saucer is also a cylinder. If you flip it up on its side, um, I mean, it could be a circle, and then you can rotate it down, and it could be it can also look like a cylinder with pointy ends. I think that <clears throat> I think the word cylinder is a safer word than saying saucer shaped. Yeah. As you can look at a, I don't know, how would you describe a modern day drone? I mean, it looks more like a sort of looks like a tic tac. Thing, yeah. Right. Well, it's sort of squarish. When we went through UFO, um, one of the episodes we did. We described the different UFOs and a lot, most of them in the, not most of them, a degree of them in the 50s were actually described as cigar shaped. And to your point, I think that might have been, oh, that's what they look like when you're looking at them from the side, maybe. You know, yeah. and then if they could be tipped up, but the way these things fly, you're going to be able to see every, I mean, when they're darting all over the place, they're, you know, they, you can see every aspect of them. So, you well, know. It's night. They're going to. It's at night. It's in the middle of Nebraska or Colorado. You know how dark it is out there. There's no moon. Yeah. Um. So you're either going to rely on the lights of the whatever the drone is or whatever it is. Um. And like the one guy with the night vision goggles, which was a smart thing, smart thing to pull out and use. Um. So this is very similar to the, the events that happened with the, the destroyer off the coast of California. They, I, I love this too. They had a closed door meeting attended by 77 people uh, from the FAA, FBI, DHS, Air Force, uh, Special Investigations, Air Force Base, uh, Senator's Office, State, State and Local Representatives, 
including sheriff's personnel from 12 Colorado counties and six Nebraska counties, Nebraska State Patrol, Colorado uh, Information Analysis Center, and Colorado Fish and Wildlife. The meeting did not provide an answer or new leads. What a shock. Yeah. So, and they, but they said, the sheriff, this one sheriff goes, without evidence that any criminal activity has been involved, uh, he goes, the, Martin set the matter aside. He goes, I'm not in charge of airspace, which reminds me of like Rupert, Rupert the, uh, the early Project Blue Book guy. Yeah. He, uh, he, uh, somebody asked him about, uh, like space aliens on the ground or whatever. And his response was, he goes, he's like, call the army. I'm call the army. I'm not in charge of the ground. Yeah. It's like the ship. Was he the officer that was accompanying Heineck or was this somebody else? Yeah, Rupel. He was, uh, was the officer. Heinex. Somebody was talking. To, somebody threw that question at him at some point. Yeah. Call the army. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do, I do the sky. I do the sky. I don't do any of that. I don't know. It just seems that it's. It could be us um, testing. You know, it, when anything's got lights on it, it always leads me to believe that. The extraterrestrials really, I, I can't imagine them designing these things. Make sure we put lights on these things, because why? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's something's going on. This matches um, the older sightings from the 50s and the 60s. There's another thing in this article that I love is the, um, well, all these agencies are saying it's not them. The military base is saying it's not them. It's their all the military that have come out publicly with it are saying they're not doing this stuff. And with these uh, drone sightings in Colorado and stuff, they're saying unclear what, if any, laws or regulations have been broken or violated. Several documents refer to local law enforcement officers hearing gunshots from the ground during several drone sightings. At the January 6th meeting, federal representatives advised local officials that it was a violation of federal law to shoot at an aircraft. Yeah. So if a UFO flies over your uh, property, you can't shoot at it. With you and... But I wonder if, you, if it lands on your property, I wonder if you can shoot at it. Back in the day when we used to go out shooting, you and I and our friends, uh, if something like this flies over, do you think we might have... Oh, shit. Think we might have shot at it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When we were kids? Yeah. Well, when we were oh, teenage, yeah. you know, yeah, when we were out just shooting around. It looked, like a, it looked like a flying saucer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shoot it down. And then we would have ran like hell. Yeah. Well, of course. Well, if it would have fell to the ground, we would have fought. Well, what's that? <laughs> Let's check it out and see what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah know? Definitely. But these, the big ones are six, like six to 16 feet, they, they say, because you said, you know, it's all about, you know, how you can you know conceive of how big it is depending on what's behind it it's night and they don't fly them during, are yeah. we flying during the day now are these have you heard of any daytime sightings of these things i mean we hear of daytime nobody's, ufo sightings but nobody's um, seen them during the day um probably because if they were doing it and they had lights on you just wouldn't notice them it just feels like it, of, it, it feels it feels like it's us, you know, based on the lights and night, and I think it's we're testing basically. We got to fly somewhere, 
you know, and we have to fly over to occupied areas, you know, to see well, people's would, reaction. If I would, my best guess would be it's a company or the military which has denied that it's doing this. So it might be a private company that's testing advanced drone technology. Right. But whatever, whatever they're running, uh, they're running it in um, very bad conditions, and it's doing it's it's very high tech stuff. It's very advanced technology. So I think the um, the government would be very interested in uh, the people that were doing this if it if it was people. So the one off the coast of California, the possibility is it, you know, it could be a foreign power is launching drones from a submarine to um, test capabilities of, of um, U.S. warships. Right. And uh, but the stuff in Colorado and Nebraska, I don't know. Uh, that would suggest that it was a company that was testing drone technology. But the thing that I found most interesting is that these descriptions and these events would, you know, fit with 1950s, early 1960s, they would be flat out UFO sightings. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, we don't have anything like that back then, but I certainly think we could develop something of this nature. But like you said, they don't make any noise. What's the propulsion? You know, it's, uh, uh, and the hover in the hovering. What's that? They're soon going to be propeller based. Yeah, I mean, it has to be electric, I guess, or something that powers it for um, some length of time, I suppose. You know. Here's a here's an interesting quote from that New York Times article on the uh, the new Project Blue Book, which I don't know what they call it, and uh, this is from Marco Rubio. Uh, he expressed concerns that China, or this is the same stuff they were saying in the 50s uh, about UFOs. He's, he goes, he expressed concerns that China or Russia or some other adverse adversary had made some technological leap that allows them to conduct this sort of activity. Mr. Rubio said that some of the unidentified aerial vehicles over U.S. bases, so there's stuff that we ha really haven't heard about, Possibly exhibit technologies not in the American arsenal. But he also noted maybe there was a completely sort of boring explanation for it, but we need to find it out. Yeah, it's hard to say. So anyway, and, you know, it's. The Project Blue Book is alive and well. And, well, the, with Somebody the Colorado thing. Is playing, what's that? The Colorado thing, the FAA concluded no military involvement, which that's very important to remember. <laughs> it wasn't us. Yeah. Wasn't us, dog. Yeah. It was somebody else. So, uh, you know, some um, some entity is deploying very advanced technology over U.S. Navy ships, um, remote areas of the United States, and unreported, apparently, according to Senator Rubio, over U.S. military bases. So welcome, welcome to the 1950s. Yeah, I think we just well, and what what is the new? Well, that it's probably the Chinese. It's the Chinese, man. It's got to be. Again, well, again, it's the Chinese out. It's the Chinese. It's probably it's probably us. 
they're probably security drones, you know, used to patrol the missile bases and make sure that it's a new technology rather than having a Jeep fly around and a bunch of cameras. It's so much better to have a drone fly over. Those articles, they were saying that these some of these missile bases do have uh, anti-UAV stuff and oh. UAVs, and they kept saying it wasn't theirs when they uh, contacted the, the missile bases. They were going, no, it's nothing to do with us. Yeah. So there's a lot, lot of denial going on. What would you expect them to say? They, it, they, yeah. Yeah, well, if they got anti-UAV things and they're not shooting at them, so it must be them, right? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows where they came from? Well, it's just bizarre. It could be completely. If these are, uh, you know, if they're using nuclear-powered uh, or nuclear batteries on these things, that, that's a possibility. Right. Yeah. You can have a nuclear battery on one of these things, and then you can run it around for, you know, days. But I don't know anything about nuclear batteries. Yeah. I know they use some of them on uh, the, the uh, new uh, Mars rover has a nuclear battery on it. Oh, it's not. Oh, that's interesting. Not I thought so it was power. like solar. No, they wanted. Uh, they were having too much trouble with dust on the uh, older rovers because uh, the panels gradually accumulate accumulate a lot of dust, and the panels also degrade with time. So, uh, as I've experienced with our panels, um, so nuclear nuclear is the way to go. So our maybe they're nuclear powered. Uh, military experimental nuclear powered drones. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, Dr. Bill. All right. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks for listening to the Alien Pro Podcast. Visit us at all podcast platforms. Visit us at Alien Pro Pod at Instagram. Email us at alienprobepodcast at gmail.com with questions, comments, or suggestions. See you next time.